Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Talking Metal. We got some great guests today and we got some, some new intro music here. Sent in by a Talking Metal listener. I think this guy sounds great. Blake Scorpino. Check this out as we get into the podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. And we got a lot of talking going on here today. We have three guests. My my friend who is a writer, his name is John Wiederhorn. He wrote the new Scott Ian book, which if you haven't read, it's a must-read for all fans of Anthrax and all fans of heavy metal music in general. Definitely check that book out. He's written some other great books. He's going to tell us about those, including Louder Than Hell, which I've spoken about before in the podcast. It's a great read. We also have Connor Garrity from the band All Hail the Yeti. Met up with him. And Richie Cavalera, who is, of course, uh, has a familiar last name, you know, Max Cavalera. Uh, we're going to um, talk to Richie about his band, Insight. Richie is the son or, or stepson, I'm not exactly sure, of, of Max. And, he, and we're going to talk to him uh, uh, all about... Uh, the band in sight that have a new record coming out so stay tuned for that so right now let's get into some music this is a song i was turned on to uh, back when i was working on that metal show last season somebody slipped me a cd you'll hear that story later and uh, wow it blew my mind that the band is in sight again featuring richie cavalera this song is called Fallen, again off 2014's Up in Hell.
little insight off of the 2014 release Up in Hell. That song was called Fallen. Go buy it on iTunes and support the band Insight featuring Richie Cavalera. Stay tuned for my interview with Richie later. want to also recommend that everyone help out Rich Ward, who we know from Fozzie and we know from Stuck Mojo. Stuck Mojo has a, a new lineup. Uh, you know, Rich and Frank are still a part of it. They've been on every Stuck Mojo record. And they need your support with their Pledge uh, Music campaign. So do me a favor. I tell you what, before instead of giving me a donation or, or using the Amazon links to make your purchase like you guys usually do, do me a favor. Go support Rich Ward's band, Stuck Mojo. Get this download when you make a pledge on the Pledge Music page which I will have a link through today's show notes uh, on TalkingMetal.com for this episode. Uh, this, this song, a little sound sample of this song, is called Verbal Combat. Check it out. Brand new Stuck Mojo and support Stuck Mojo by visiting their Pledge Music campaign page. Brand new Stuck Mojo, Verbal Combat. To get the full version, go to their Pledge Music campaign page and make a donation. Cool. Rich Ward is a great guy if you don't know him. Really talented dude. Anyways, let's get into my interview with Connor Garrity from All Hail the Yeti. This is some brand new music by that band. 
It's called Let the Night Roar, again, by All Hail the Yeti, followed by my interview with Connor. Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we are here with Connor Garrity, the vocalist of All Hail the Yeti, who have a brand new record coming out, which I've heard. It sounds excellent. Connor, welcome to New York. Oh, thank you, man. Pleasure to be here. Now, you guys blew into town earlier today, and it's just been nonstop ever since. Uh, you know, I got here yesterday pretty, pretty, well, we left pretty early from LA, but, you know, uh, we've been up, up uh, doing this all day, so... It's been great, man. We're having a blast. Cool. Well, I got to preview some of the tracks off of Screams from A Black Wilderness. It's the new record. It's on the way. Let's talk about this record. Uh, how do you compare it to some of the previous stuff that you guys have done? Is it evolved to a new stage? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, as if you know, any musician on, on their second record, you want you want to make sure that you step it up a bit, and you know focus on the fact that it's your second record, but you don't want to change too much. So, you know, as musicians, we're definitely a little bit more um, grown up and mature than we were four years ago when the first one came out. And even, you know, even before that, when we wrote a lot of those songs. So yeah, it's definitely a, um, a progression to say the least, <laughs> for sure. Cool. And this, you know, marks the 10 year anniversary of the band. When you look back over that, 10 years leading up to this point what are some of your highlights you know we've we've been fortunate to do a lot of things uh you know touring europe in the uk was was one of them and you know doing a, a few really really big tours with some big bands 2013 and 14 you know honestly everything 
everything that we get to do is is a is something that is a blessing for us so you know even playing a show in front of you know 30 people in manhattan is is something that i never thought i would ever be doing so i i take everything and take it very seriously and and very thankful for everything that we get to do cool let's go back and talk a little bit about the the record you have some well there's a special guest on the record brock from 36 crazy fists is involved can you tell us about his involvement with the record yeah you know we we've done a couple tours with those guys we did europe and uk with them in 2015 and we did uh you know us in 2014 with them and insight and brock has been a good friend of mine for god going on 15 years so when we started the new record we knew we wanted to have him on it just at some you know at one some point or another and when we wrote mr murder which was written about a friend of mine that passed away that brock was also friends with as well we just felt like that was the you know the perfect fitting song to have brock on you know and me as a vocalist i you know he's one of my bigger influences and he just got such a such a cool voice and his style is really really cool so we thought it would work really well well, now you mentioned Insight. You actually do a guest appearance on their record, correct? I do, yeah. Um, um, I don't know if have you announced the song yet. I don't know if I'm allowed to like let the song name out, but yeah, it's a song called Life's Disease, and they uh, Richie hit me up about it, and you know, at first I was pretty intimidated. It's they're they're a pretty um, intense band, so for me as a vocalist, I've been doing a lot slower, more kind of. Uh, I guess stonery kind of shit. So when, when Richie hit me up, I was, you know, at first and intimidated. Then he played me the song or sent me the song, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can, you know, I can do something with this. So, and it turned out awesome, and we're super happy with it. I had a blast. You know, I got to hang with Steve Evitts and and track with him, and then you know, then they did the video for it, which they had me down for too. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, got to do some crazy, uh, insane asylum stuff, and I don't want to give away too much for them, but. Yeah, it was great. Right on. Now, you mentioned the 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 stoner word and and I hear you, you know, the name stoner metal, stoner rock get thrown at you guys sludgy. Uh, you know, and that 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 seems to be such a vague term. You know, bands from like you guys are Queens of the Stone Age, you might even hear, you know, I mean it just goes all over. Uh do you do you like being categorized as as stoner rock or stoner metal? And do you think that's a right fitting title for you guys? honestly being categorized to anything is tough other than just metal you know i i mean we play heavy music and and there's so many sub genres and sub sub genres now that it, it's tough to even really you know a lot of people ask like what, what would you describe your music and it's just i mean it's metal you know uh, it, it's not fast it's not it's low, i don't know but i mean to be called stoner i don't it doesn't necessarily bother me too much i i, I don't wouldn't consider us a stoner metal band but uh, we definitely have that elements and that's all it is is blues riffs, you know, and, and added with some distortion. So I'm not singing about being stoned. I'm not, I'm not a stoner per se, so it doesn't bug me, but I wouldn't consider us to be a stoner band at all. Gotcha. Cool. What about touring plans? Uh, we've got some stuff coming up next. Well, next week is our album release party at the whiskey a go, go. Um, and then we do a, the NorCal tattoo convention with, flotsam and jetsam and death angel uh, and then we play with intronaut in um, orange county and then we've got a couple things in the works that we're not really at liberty to talk about yet but yes definitely we're going to be it's going to be a f- full-on as soon as as soon as the stuff gets confirmed and once the record comes out we're going to be we're going to be non-stop right on obviously you know the music industry has has changed and evolved over the the past couple of decades and what i hear from so many bands is that it really is a struggle to go out and do this financially and keep the show on the road uh a lot of the time what can supporters of your band do to further your cause and help you guys out and uh support what you do uh you, what are the most important things is it is it buy the cd is it buy merch is it show up to gigs well, I mean, showing up to gigs for sure is is the first thing. You know, we, you know, we get our guarantee regardless. You know, if, if thirty people show up or three hundred, but if you don't come, you can't buy our merch. And buying our merch is is that's the that's the number one way we make any type of money. You know, uh, 
CDs, T-shirts, anything that there's at the at the table, even if a drummer's selling a drum head that he drew on, I mean, that stuff is played that night and it's really personal. So there's just so many things th the night of the show that make a, such a difference to us, whether it's putting gas in our tank to get us to the next venue or food in our stomach so we can eat and be healthy for the next day. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing and, and buying records too, you know, uh, a lot of people are doing the Spotify thing and downloading and, and mind you at this level that we're at, it doesn't really affect us too much because we're not, you know, we're not getting 60 million plays or whatever. So our, you know, our check wouldn't be as big as, you know, some of these artists, but for me, I'm like 50, 50 with the whole, the whole, um, streaming thing, because I've personally found a lot of bands that I would have never found from those websites. And I, I'd like to think that that's a way for other people to find us right. by doing the same thing, you know, looking at related artists being like, Oh, what's this band? Oh, Hilly Yeti, let's check it out. And then they become a fan before they've even, you know, they've never heard of us before. And then when we do come to their town, they'd be like, Oh yeah, I heard of them on Spotify. I want to go buy a shirt and a CD and t-shirt or, or whatever and meet the guys and get a thing signed or something. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, but in, and again, it's, it's a, I think it's a vicious cycle, but, yeah, I mean, coming to shows and spending money is the best way. Excellent. Connor, it's been great talking with you, and we encourage the Talking Metal listeners to check out Screams from a Black Wilderness. It's the new record. It's uh, It'll be out by the time you hear this, uh, April 8th, right? April 8th? Yep, yep. So by the time the listeners hear this, it will be out. Earlier in the show, we heard the song Let, Let the Night Roar, which I just love. What else can we play for the Talking Metal listeners off the new record right now? Um, phew would be my favorite mr murder would be uh would be the next one yeah the one with brock yeah and that's a pretty special song to me so yeah mr murder okay here we go mr murder <laughs>
What you just heard was some new music by All Hail the Yeti. And before that, we heard my, uh, my interview with Connor from the band All Hail the Yeti. Go support these guys, buy their new album, and uh, give them a like on, on their Facebook page and do whatever. Check them out when they come through your town. Good stuff, good stuff. And uh, it was fun hanging out with Connor and Richie. I did the, the interview back-to-back with those two guys in Connor's hotel room. They were both together, and when we hear from Richie later, you'll hear him reference the Connor interview because he was literally just sitting there having a drink on the side of the, uh, the bed where Connor and I were sitting uh, doing the interview. So there you go. Right now we're going to hear some new Anthrax uh, the title track off the new Anthrax album, which I think is just a killer record, followed by a, an interview done in my car with John Wiederhorn. John and I did this interview on my iPhone right in the car right before we went in to uh, see Don Jameson at Dingbats in Clifton, New Jersey. Don Jameson from that metal show was hosting a night of bands there, and John and I were hanging out, had some drinks at Dingo's, went to my car, did this uh, interview, and then went and saw Don, uh, who was hosting some bands at, at Dingbats. So here we go. A little Anthrax followed by my uh, interview with John Wiederhorn. This is brand new Anthrax.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we are joined right now by writer John Wiederhorn. John, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. I wanted to talk to you about your books, because I've read two of the books, Louder Than, Louder Than Hell, Louder than hell. <laughs> and also the Scott Ian, I Am The Man book, uh, and I just got the Al Jorgensen book, uh, so I'm looking forward to reading that. But let, let's start with Louder Than Hell, which was just this massive book. How, how many pages was that? About 750 pages, and uh, you can kill large bugs with it, so it kind of has, has uh, you know, a, a multitude of purposes. Yeah, and it's, and it's a great history lesson, and it just spans all the different styles of, of metal, and gives you a breakdown in all these different styles and it, it, heavy metal and hard rock it, it's just become such a, a enormous spanning thing when it comes to different musical styles so let's let's talk about how you went about researching all these styles which which of the styles were you already maybe all of them but were were you already a really big fan of and well versed on well, I grew up in uh, you know the late '70s and '80s, um, so I was uh, I started out as a big fan of like AC/DC and Van Halen and Rush, and uh, then evolved to Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, a lot of the new wave of British heavy metal stuff. Then I heard Thrash and was just blown away. Um, can't rem- I don't think I heard Metallica first. The first Thrash band I probably heard was Slayer, and it was on a uh, a compilation album that. Uh, that Metal Blade had put out, um, and yeah, it just it just uh, totally um, revolved my world. And from there, I went on this sort of quest to find the heaviest thing that I could possibly, uh, you know, listen to that had been had had been put on vinyl. And, and uh, at the time, there was nothing more extreme than bands like uh, Possessed, uh, Death Angel. Um, I'm sorry, Dark Angel. Death Angel were cool too, but uh, Dark Angel were almost death metal, and uh, the German thrash band, Sodom, Destruction, and Creator. Um, and I was, I was all about that. It was uh, an interesting quest for uh, uh, finding what would annoy my parents the most. And, and the writing aspect of, of, of being a fan of this stuff started young for you, right? You were working, did you have a fanzine? No, I didn't have a fanzine. Uh, I actually... Uh, worked for for my high school newspaper and okay. did uh, a bit of a bit of writing uh, on on music um, until I was uh, asked to leave for not being uh, dedicated enough. Um, I wasn't interested in going to the printer and uh, sitting with all the uh, clicky kids who would uh, uh, put up write up all the headlines and and all that. It just didn't interest me, and I didn't have a car, so it was difficult to get there. So um, that was the first job I was let go from. <laughs> but um, but I was I was really dedicated to the music and uh, you know I I, I read the uh, uh, British press ravenously. I was a huge uh, fan of Kerrang and Metal ha- uh, Metal Hammer. No Metal yeah. Forces. Metal Hammer came later. Um, and then in the U.S. there were fanzines that were great, like uh, Kick Ass by Bob Muldoni, um, who sadly is no longer with us. Um, so I, I got in touch with a lot of the underground stuff that way. But, but mostly it was just combing through record stores and, and just trying to find the, the wildest uh, album covers and, and the bands that, uh, that groups I liked were talking about in interviews. Right on. So, so you go from writing for the high school newspaper and you know, being this fan of, of heavy metal music, but, but when do you actually start writing professionally about hard rock and heavy metal? Well, in college, I did a lot more writing. They were receptive to uh, to having me write about bands. Where did you go to college? Uh, Boston University. Okay. I was in a school of journalism. So, um, but what was a real breakthrough for me was uh, going to England for my uh, my my senior year. Uh, I did a semester abroad, and uh, it was with a communication school, uh, Boston University, and they hooked you up with a job within the field. Now they wanted to hook me up at a magazine called History Today, and my heart sunk, and <laughs> I went back to the uh, administrator and said, ooh, do you have anything maybe in the field of, of music or, or entertainment? And uh, they said, well, we're sorry Kerrang! is filled, but there may be a spot at this magazine Melody Maker. Would you be interested? And I didn't know that much about Melody Maker at the time, 
uh, but it was one of the three major weeklies that existed in, in England for a really long time, and it was a fantastic introduction to a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of great British psychedelic pop and alternative rock. But they didn't really. I have... mean, Melody Maker was around back in the '60s, right? Oh yeah, they started as a jazz magazine in like the '30s, but um, they didn't really have have many people who liked metal. They kind of sneeringly uh, turned their noses up at it. But they knew they had to cover it, so uh, they were willing to give me stories. Um, the first review I did was Faith No More at the Marquee, and uh, I got to, to do uh, some cool interviews for them. Um, so that was really a, a great break, breakthrough. I, I really and this, this, this was a job or an internship? or It was an internship, right. a semester abroad. Right. But then when I got back to the States, my senior year of college, they let me string for them. So oh. you know, for about 15 bucks a story, um, I got to review some really cool stuff metal and non-metal and it just opened up the gates uh i ended up doing a metal column for tower magazine uh tower tower records magazine at the time which was called pulse right um, I remember that. and uh, so i did their metal column which was awesome and uh, they started giving me articles on on metal bands and just gradually and progressively i just kind of uh built up my uh, my portfolio and, and worked through the ranks of all the uh the different places that would uh, would write about metal Cool. So you've done writing Revolver and, and Rolling Stone. What other major outlets have you written for? Um, I've done some stuff for Spin when it was a magazine, not a website. Um, and uh, I was the entertainment writer for, uh, or, or the music writer for Stuff Magazine for a while. Right. Uh, Guitar World I've written for for uh, a long time. Right now I'm writing for Loudwire, uh, which is a really cool website. Um, and... Uh, I did a bunch of metal stuff for for Yahoo as well, so I've I've been able to do, you know, uh, a lot of writing for for a bunch of different places, which was which was great. I mean, in the in the two thousands when magazines were still really selling and and uh, publishing regularly, um, you know, there were there were an abundance of places that uh, that were were open to to you know good, good articles. Okay, we mentioned the Louder Than Hell book, which is just a great heavy metal history lesson. Great, great book. Highly recommended. Also, I recently finished reading the I'm the Man Scott Ian book that you co-wrote with, with Scott. Where did you uh, meet Scott, and how did you get to know Scott? That was a lot of fun. I, see, I actually met Scott years and years ago. Um, I think the first interview I did with him was for Power Metal Magazine, um, which was a... Uh, uh, kind of sister publication of, I believe, Hit Parader, if I'm right. Um, but yeah, uh, I'd interviewed Scott numerous times through the years. Um, I've written bios for the band, for the, for the record labels, and uh, we always got along really well. Um, and then when I was the editor of, of Headbangers Ball blog, um, I, I thought Scott would be really great to do a guest, art, uh, a guest uh, column because, you know, he's a smart guy and, and he's very articulate. And he wrote a really interesting column on on uh, his uh, experience with alcohol over the years, from from childhood to adulthood. Uh, self deprecating, really funny, ranging from when he was just completely shit faced to uh, his discovery of fine wines and and single malt scotches. So when I got the uh, the offer from from Harper Collins to do Louder Than Hell, and I needed someone to to write the preface. Um, I thought Scott would be great, and uh, so I got Rob Halford to write one, and then Scott wrote the other. And really, it was an interview with Scott, uh, a long interview over the phone that I then turned uh, into a, a narrative that, that read like he wrote it. Sent it to him for his approval, and uh, he said, man, this looks like I wrote it. And I said, well, Scott, you know, this, you, you told it to me, and he said, no, but this looks like exactly what I would say. And I said, well, th this is what you said, you know, and, <laughs> right. and we put it together. He's like, yeah. No, I really like it. It's great. And I said, well, cool. I'm glad this is what we're going to go with. And, you know, if you're you're interested in doing your own book anytime down the line. And he said, yeah, you know what? Actually, I am. And that opened the doors. And uh, from there, the uh, communication just continued and it turned into a... Uh, a great, uh, great experience. Yeah, and it's a great read. It's not only for fans of Anthrax, but you, you, you see the, the 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 heavy, like a lot of heavy metal history just in the book through the eyes of Scott Ian. And uh, I highly recommend that book. Uh, really couldn't put it down. A real page turner. Um, what what else is 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 happening book wise? Let's talk about uh, the book you did with Al, which I just purchased. I, I haven't started reading it yet, but how did that all come about? 
that was that was also a blast. Uh, I've been a huge ministry fan, really, ever since I discovered uh, the mind is a terrible thing to taste, and then went back and got into the land of rape and honey, and then even discovered their more electronic, less metallic stuff, which I thought was cool, but I didn't like quite as much. Uh, but at that point, Al was and Paul Barker were were full on going for the uh, the agro metal sound. So uh, I thought it was like the heaviest, scariest thing I'd ever heard at the time, and it was awesome. And uh, I interviewed him, uh, I think, for the first time when he did Filth Pig, um, yeah. and then followed up with a, a couple other interviews, including one. What was that, 96? I saw that tour at Roseland. That was a great, great show. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, uh, it was funny. Um, he was either completely on or completely out of it, because at the time he was in the throes of heroin addiction. So he was a really unpredictable kind of guy. Uh, that went on through the next album, um, Dark Side of the Spoon, which I did a big interview with him uh, for, for Guitar Magazine, where, where I was working at the time. Uh, but then, I, since I knew he was such a great interview, because he always had great stories, and he was really funny and witty and, and just really entertaining, um, I, I thought he would be great for, for Louder Than Hell, because uh, I wanted to do a chapter on industrial metal. So I caught him after he'd done some shows with Revolting Cox. It was the day after, and he was still extremely hungover and cranky. But uh, we just have a great rapport, and he was laughing, and I was laughing. And uh, I started asking him for some good dirt. And he said, you know, man, I'm, I'm just living in Texas now. I'm, I'm a good old, good old boy and just a family man. And, you know, I don't want my neighbors getting all worked up about something I say in some, some crazy book. I was like, all right, well, you know, what's, what, what can you say? He's like, well... I could tell you stuff, but, but but let me tell you, why don't you come visit me in Texas off the record? Just come on out here, leave your tape recorder at home, and I will have you pissing yourself, but you can't write about any of it. And although that was an amazing invitation, uh, I just couldn't take him up on it because it involved travel and I'm off work and I had kids. and um, So I let that one pass, uh, but then the next time I interviewed him about the craziest rockers of all time or something for, for a revolver piece, he again extended the exact same interview. I, I'm sorry, the exact same invitation. And I said, Al, man, the minute you say I can write your book, I'm there. And he's like, you know what? Let's do it. Why don't you come out here? Let's do it. Let's have you write my book. And I, I you know, I was hoping he wasn't blowing smoke up my ass or that this wasn't something that was just uh, spontaneous at the time. Uh, you know, kind of declaration, but it it came to pass, and and uh, we put the uh, the pieces together, shopped the book around, got a great deal, and I got to spend uh, two weeks with him in his compound under various states of insane inebriation, only on alcohol. He doesn't uh, well, no weed too, but that's all he does. <laughs> um, but he just shot forth with such incredible... Just basically sober for somebody like him, right? <laughs> Pretty, well, when he's blasted, he can act like the most sober guy you've ever met yet. So the funny thing is, I'd asked him the same question two or three times because I was shit-faced. But yeah. he, either he'd forgotten or he had a good sense of humor. And God, he told some amazing stories, most of which are in the book, some of which we couldn't print for legal reasons. But okay. uh, he's, he's, he spins amazing tales... And he's a really smart guy, and uh, he's had an outrageously debauched and insane rock and roll past, which ends with a bit of redemption because he kicks heroin, gets back on the, uh, you know, on the straight and narrow, and and keeps making music. So, you know, he may not be playing in stadiums anymore, but I think he's a, he's still a real admirable figure. Cool, absolutely. Uh, I can't wait to read that book. I've enjoyed the, the two other ones I mentioned, the Scott Ian one and the Louder Than Hell book. Uh, any, any other books that we should know about, or is it just those three at this point? Well, right now I'm a little more than halfway through a, uh, a book on uh, Roger Moret from uh, Agnostic Front. Uh, okay. It's his authorized biography. And um, it's going to be coming out in uh, early 2017, um, so far it's, it's coming out amazing. He has an incredible history. You know, not only was he front and center at the, during, during the whole, uh, crossover, uh, period of hardcore and, and predating that with the, uh, the New York hardcore scene, which he was a pioneer of, but he has this insane background, which includes being a Cuban, uh, uh immigrant, uh, living in a terribly abusive family, both with his father and his stepfather and, and being, 
beaten and, and abused, and, and he ran away from that um, to, to live on the Lower East Side in, in New York with a bunch of other kind of misfits and outcasts who were part of the punk community there. And it wasn't the Lower East Side like it is today. I mean, it was a slum. Right. It was a ghetto. It was crime infested. There were gangs everywhere. And, uh, you know, these guys squatted, built uh, places to live out of abandoned buildings and, and really had to fend for themselves, um, duking it out all the time. And, and they formed these bands, you know, partied their asses off, did insane amounts of drugs and got in these crazy, crazy, wild, deadly fights. And for me, that was the real difference between, say, like a thrash metal or death metal scene and, and the crossover scene. Uh, when I did uh, Louder Than Hell, I did a chapter on crossover metal. And when I talked to these guys, you know, uh, Roger from Agnostic Front and, and uh, Harley from the Cro-Mags, you could tell that, whoa, these guys lived it. It wasn't just music. It was survival. Right. Uh, so that's what made me think it would be a really cool thing to do a book on uh, on Roger. And uh, he loved the idea. So we did a couple sample chapters and he thought I caught his voice really well. And it's just going really great. Um, cool. He, he spent t uh, 18 months in jail uh, for, for cocaine. Um, uh, he was he was delivering cocaine and got busted and uh, really did hard time and experienced, uh, you know, prison riots and all kinds of things that you don't read in your normal kind of riotous rock and roll biography. Right. This is much more gritty and, uh, and harsh. And, and ultimately, it's also a tale of redemption because he, he comes out of jail, he gets his act together, you know, he becomes a family man, and he keeps his band going while he's working as an electrician on the side. Wow. So, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, I think, a really uh, a good role model. Uh, strange as it is to say for somebody who yeah. uh, delivered coke and beat people's heads in. Right on. Right. So, John, where's the best place people can get in touch with you online? Um, really, the best uh, best place is probably at uh, my AOL address, which is, uh, you know, and I do answer emails. So anybody who wants to contact me can uh, reach me at uh, deafend, that's spelled D-E-A-F, like I can't hear you, I'm deaf, E-N-D, like the end deafend at AOL.com. And are you on Twitter or anything like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's uh, louder than hell is my, my Twitter, uh, Twitter handle. Cool. You still say handle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to, to uh, uh, answer questions and converse there, too. Uh, trying to get more active with it because uh, all this technology is uh, sometimes a little <laughs> uh, overwhelming for people who didn't, uh, you know, grow up uh, uh, in, in an age of, of uh, that, you know, um, that digital right. material. Yeah, I hear you. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us, John, on Talking Metal. There you go, my conversation with John Wiederhorn. Check out his books. He's a great guy. Follow him on Twitter. We'll have his Twitter account linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. And last but not least, my interview with Richie Cavalera. Here it is. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and we have Richie from Insight here in Lower Manhattan. The band has a new record on the way called Oppression. Richie, I wanted to tell you, your dad turned me on to Up in Hell, the last record, which was just a great record. I was working on that metal show, season 14, and he was waiting to go on stage, and he comes up to me real sly, and he like slips me the CD, and he's like, you got to check this out, which I just thought was awesome. Only later did I realize it was you, his his son in the band. Um, let's, let's talk about Up in Hell, record that I loved, and the new record, Oppression. What are the main differences between these? Are you guys evolving to a new sound? Uh, let's describe the differences between the last record and this new record. First off, I got to thank the the old man for the the street team work. I mean, that's that's awesome to hear I that. Swear to God. <laughs> that hit me off guard. But uh, I think you know uh, having a consistency of members on Up in Hell, we brought in a whole new lineup. So uh, it was a, a test phase for us, man, to really uh, see what was going to happen with the the new guys and you know the vibe they wanted to bring and I think from day one it was just a pure metal you know there there's something missing out there and it's this pure metal vibe that you know hasn't been around since Lamb of God really brought it back you know and I, I felt with us and the guys that we had that we we really tapped into that well and it came from a lot of influence and when we 
came time to have oppression written it was like man we had a bond built from touring and playing and you know we just knew that each guy was in it for the long haul and to make this record it was just like you know let's fucking let's make a metal record that just shoves it up your ass you know and in the end of the day you're just you feel like it, it, it's something that's been missing for a while you know like connor said and other people have said you know these these genres that are popping up or you know insane in the music industry so to finally just come out with a pure metal album just felt good and right for us at the time cool and, and you mentioned mentioned connor and uh, there's actually other guests let's talk about the guests that you have on on this record i i know of at least two right yeah. special guests uh, tell us who they are and what they're doing on the record yeah connor from all hell the yeti you know he was a first choice we had toured with them and you know, we're label mates and really have built a, a killer bomb between the two bands. And uh, I think the, the song just fit perfect. The second I heard it in demo stage, it was like, yo, we're having Connor on this. And, you know, we might have freaked him out a little bit when we hit him up with it. But he came in, just owned it and just has this ministry Al Jorgensen old school vibe to it that just blew us away. So uh, it just it worked out killer. And then you have uh, Jose Mangan on I Want It All and that that's just our our anthem and our salute to heavy metal you know it starts out with him yelling heavy fucking metal and i think that just sets the song up perfectly you know it it just vibed out real well and both the guests we had were perfect for the album and that's definitely a part of insight that we love you know on up in hell we had uh liam cormier from the cancer bats and you know, I see into the future us definitely having more and more guests and just really vibing out because I think it's cool to intertwine these genres and bring them together and show fans, hey, it's not about this metal or that metal. It's about the overall vision of what metal is and bringing it together. Cool. Now, you guys have been called, uh, a, let's see, what are they, what, somebody was calling you a politically outspoken group. Do you, A, do you agree with that statement? And B, do you care to comment on what's currently happening politically in the United States? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, not necessarily political, but I think more world event. You know, I think uh, songs like False Flag, Tyranny's End, you know, things that, that we've had in our past that focus on what's going on in the world during the time that we've written these albums. And, you know, with Oppression, nothing changed. We had a song called Oppression, you know, self-titled. And, you know, the chorus is war, poor, rich, hate. You know, and I just, I always think of, you know, just traveling the world and seeing different situations that go on and always coming back to America and thinking of the money that we go through and some of these other countries are better and more organized and more clean. And, you know, you just feel like we're just a, a fucking mess, you know, but a good mess, you know, that at least has sympathy and cares for the world. And, you know, our political situation is whatever you know it happens every four years it's nothing different you know there's always some crazy bastard saying crazy shit and whatnot but you know as far as politics exactly i don't really indulge in it i don't really vote i don't really care about it i think it's it's all just a fiasco and with two-party systems you'll never really have a, a true person that is there for the people because it's it's always gonna be about money i think the lobbyists and the super PAC shit is a, a, an absolute joke you know i think uh anybody with money can get elected you know it's it's a matter of uh having a voice and opinion that isn't the spoon-fed shit that we've been having our entire lives so it, it definitely comes into our band you know it's a it's a part of all of our lives and i think if you don't talk about it you're kind of just uh you know hiding the truth of what's going on so we've always been about life and the moment and that's definitely what expresses insight and to be against everything else now your your dad and, and your uncle always have the word brazilian attached to them and but you you're born and raised in the states right yeah yeah i'm you know i'm actually a stepson so i was you know born raised in america and you know i love the heritage that comes from brazil and everything i've definitely done my research and you know lived with the family there and you know went through all that but as far as, you know, being a part of the Brasilia, it's, it's not me. I represent Cavalier, and I'll take that to my grave because, you know, Max is my true father and always been there for me. And I think uh, the Brazilian fans are passionate, man. They love their metal, and, you know, I love to 
see that they care about insight in that way and want us to feel off that vibe. Cool. So what's happening next for insight? Are you guys heading out in the road? Will it be more promotion? What's uh, the next uh, phase of attack? Well, the album will come out April 22nd and then we have uh, devil driver, Holy grail insight and hemlock hitting the States and, Man, it's going to be an insane tour. We've already done 55 shows this year overseas and the UK and Europe. And, you know, it's only March right now. So, I mean, we're we're chugging along, man. We're Our goal is to do about 200 shows this year. So, after Devil Driver, we're going to move uh, back to Europe, I think, and do some festivals and headline gigs over there. And then back to America for some of these summer festivals that we got going on. So, it's a nonstop, man, for at least the next two years. So, exciting. You know, I know you're you're pretty tuned into the scene and and have a, a feel for what's going on. What bands lately have excited you? And they don't just have to be metal bands. Just in general, what what music or bands have been uh, stuff you're checking out lately? Man, I'm I'm not too hip in the new age of stuff. You know, like I said, I think in my taste of music, it's it's been missing. You know, the the pure metal vibe. I, I think a lot of bands aren't really capturing on it and they're just kind of going for what sells and what's trendy and you know it's been kind of disappointing but I think you know bands like All Hell the Yeti they're not new but you know people are just finding out about them which is great and bands like Silosis out of the UK who's a cool new band that I found and uh, you know King Parrot from Australia they're insane uh, Lord Dying man from Oregon if you haven't checked them out please do they're a three-piece no bass player live, and they just, it, you just get sucked in like a trance, you know, it just, they have it on all stages, it's like a doom metal, but just really cool, and I, I'm real old school too, man, so I always like my journey in there, no matter what. <laughs> cool, Richie, thanks so much for talking with us on Talking Metal, and to take us out here, what new Insight track can we play off of Oppression for the Talking Metal listeners? This is, uh, I think, the monster track. It was the first single, and it just gets your head grooving and vibed out. It's called Stagnant. Here it is, guys. Stagnant off the new album, Oppression by Insight. Right on, man. Okay.
What you just heard was my interview with Richie Cavalera, followed by a brand new track by the band Insight. Definitely support Insight. Go pick up their new record. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. I appreciate you guys listening. I'm about to get on a plane and head to Las Vegas to see Guns N' Roses. I'm very psyched for that. So should be fun. Um, and uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun stuff coming up. We got got Guns N' Roses tickets this summer for the July gig at Giant Stadium in, in the New Jersey area, in New Jersey, in the New York City area, and checking out Sabbath this summer. One of my favorite bands, which are not metal, and probably a lot of you guys don't like, but Weezer. Checking them out this summer too. Going to see my friend Michelangelo Badio play in Queens in a few weeks. And a lot of lot of fun stuff on the map, uh, or on the calendar, I should say. Whitesnake, I got the tickets for them coming up. Uh, Ghost, going to see them next week. Is pretty much as soon as I get back from Vegas, I'm going to check out Ghost in Montclair, New Jersey. John Wiederhorn, coincidentally, who was on today's show, will be joining me for that show. And uh, that's a, a lot of there's other stuff too. I'm forgetting, but whatever. Uh, anyways, that'll do it for today, guys. Have a great great afternoon and support rich ward's stuck mojo pledge music campaign do me a favor and go make a pledge there all right all right talk to you later